<laughs> we good? Yeah, go. <laughs> My bad. The fourth turning. Yeah, so what I was talking about was if you want to actually talk about the revolution in terms of generation to next generation and one of the best parts of or one of the most effectual parts of that is like how we communicate to one another what we're doing right now recording a conversation sitting in the living room watching tv you're not a ceo of something i'm not a ceo of something we're just two dudes talking about stuff but like this conversation like we were just talking about ethereum and all this value it this conversation itself could be one of those things that's used 60 years from now yeah. as like a oh well this was the time when they talked about this right. you know it, that's the difference between the last generation and the generation before this like oh it was on newspaper and then it was oh it's the spoken word where we have voice recorders and TV and all this type of shit and now we have these little walking around with these things the fucking cell phones I wish you could see me doing that right now but the whole thing is what I'm talking about is owning the communication. It's, it's, it changes. Our generation has changed how we communicate so that it's not just, it's not just radio and it's, it's not a centralized voice is what I'm getting at. It's, it's an individual voice. All individual voices can be heard. And that's something that nobody <laughs> want to talk about some actual stuff that's nobody at the top wants the individual to have a voice because if you give if you take away the individual's voice then nobody can have anything and those who have it already at the top have it but if right. you if you take away that voice and we've enabled that's the thing about this generation that boomers hate so fucking much about social media and phones and recording and all that type of shit they hate that this generation is so interconnected. They're so on the same page. Everybody here understands one another. We're all in this together, and it's not we're not trying to use one another to get past one another. We're trying to build each other up, and it's just I don't know. It's just yeah. one of these things. That it... Totally, and like I think that the um, the TV. It, you know, like CNBC and places that are basically trying to tell you what to invest in and things mm -hmm. like that. They're not going to tell you what to invest in before it actually like happens. Like they're going to tell you after it's happening. Yeah. So they're, they're like, you know, they have their partners. I mean, it's a problem with all the news and media when you look in terms of. When you start talking about having a, any sort of news media outlet telling you about some sort of investment that's hitting, they're never going to tell you anything that they might have hit in the future. They're never, ever going to tell you about that. They're only going to report on... No, it's just what I got. It's only going to report in the end on how they made... Uh, how they made money. Not how you could make money because they want to show <laughs> seriously what it comes down to is the people at the top owning the media outlets that are telling you these media they're, they're, they're telling you about these huge gains that this company made that the company 
literally themselves is patting themselves on the back to you saying, hey. And I they're dumping my... the shares on the yeah. public at I, that I, time. I bought this last time. I, I dumped this. I had this big cut, this big short, and it was on you guys. Here, yeah. I own this media outlet. I'm going to tell you how I did it and how you couldn't do shit about it. I'm going to tell it. you how to report it so that and people will have a certain view of it. you're paying for it. Yeah, it's fucking stupid as shit. So this is like the thing that is going to change with Web 3.0 is that there's going to be more, um, I guess, like access to different forms of media. And I think that it already exists, like what we're doing right now, like what you talked about. Yeah, all sorts of podcasts, YouTube channels, like and not even just YouTube, but Twitch. Um Oh, whatever fucking else you Yeah, YouTube, there's, you know, there's Discord, there's Discord, just different... That's one I was fucking up. There's different uh, outlets that... My idiot mind. Yeah, but I think that, you know, like... um, Yeah, like, what we think is not valuable right now, like, in 20 years, someone could listen and find... Or the, someone's listening right now, and they could find you know, value in just learning about Ethereum. And so like this whole night we were, we've been talking about Ethereum and I've been introducing it to you and, and you've been asking questions about it. And so let's maybe continue to do that so that people can get a perspective into what it is and a perspective that maybe they have that maybe they have your perspective and they want to uh, learn more about it um so what we were talking about was the protocols that are built on top of ethereum so there is a few different um sectors that are built on ethereum so i look at ethereum as sort of like the s p 500 of crypto um because there are many different companies or protocols that are built on top of Ethereum using the Ethereum technology, using the coding. Um, and one of them, like, for example, is called Aave. And Aave is a lending and borrowing platform where you can post collateral. If you need a loan and you can't get a loan from the bank because your credit is shit, but you have um 10 ethereum you can go and post that ethereum as collateral and you can take a loan out against that ethereum and um use it for whatever you need it for um well, it's, it's just like a buy a house yeah exactly. you could buy a house with and you well, don't need to sell whole, that's the whole concept your though. ethereum that's, that's wild to me is that Right now, with Ethereum, be it one Ethereum is $4,300. Having that one Ethereum in however many months, 18 months down the road, could be enough to buy a damn house. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the crazy-ass thing about it. And it's that's not something that's completely out of, you know, left field, out of the realm of possibility. That's something that True. is very possible. Yeah, I mean, we've literally seen that fluctuation in value from Bitcoin, from other yeah, from from other, Ethereum, yeah, from Ethereum itself. Just that yeah. in that fluctuation of value is just 
it, it goes to speak what you're talking about earlier about the, the true just fluidity or from the S and P 500 itself. Like yeah. think about, um, you know, like my grandma, you know, when I was born, she put a thousand dollars into a fund and the fund grew to be worth tens of thousands of dollars. And I was able to buy a house on that. And, um, it's insane because just to think of like how much the S and P has grown since the nineties and investing in crypto right now is the same thing. So putting a thousand dollars into Ethereum, if you wait 20 years, it might not even be that because Ethereum is growing two or three times as fast as the internet. Oh yeah. So this is the whole So it might actually happen faster than that, even to get to, to get to uh, like $40,000 or whatever. So, um, I mean, a little amount makes 18, a big difference. 18 months out is all I was talking. That's crazy. Yeah. 18 months out, I could spend a thousand dollars right now and I could be looking 25,000. I could be looking back 25,000 back to me. Yeah. Which is just nuts. What is anything? Has there ever been anything like that? Um, I mean, I think Bitcoin and Ethereum already. Um, but besides that, you know, it's not, yeah, traditional in the last, traditional assets. I mean, traditional assets, yeah. but uh, Amazon. in the last like 40 to 50 years. Yeah. So shot up like that? Amazon. Amazon. Um, yeah. Amazon is similar to crypto. And that's another thing that we should talk about is these, um, these assets, like Amazon, Google, Apple, Microsoft, Netflix, Facebook, oh. Ethereum, and Bitcoin, is they, those are like basically the most valuable assets in the world. So uh, yeah, Ethereum... None of them are publicly, or they are publicly traded. The, besides Ethereum and... But you're not owning them when you own a share in them. It's just, the right. concept is different. It's a different, it's a different concept, but it's still sort of, similar in terms of just like market caps and just value created. So Amazon has had five, I think 80% drawdowns since it opened. And so if you would have held through that entire time, you would be Jeff Bezos and his parents. Those are the only people that have done that. And so people have always, People have sold it because they didn't understand that it was actually trading based on the amount of people using the network, not the value of the company profit and revenue. So these these companies now are actually trading based on network effects, which is actually an exponential um, growth. Because when someone's using something, they might pass along to someone else and then that person and it basically one person adds up to being multiple people. And so it becomes a network effect. And that's the same thing that's happening with Bitcoin and Ethereum, except it's at the beginning of an exponential um, track. And so you have to look at these charts. Like people think we're in a bubble and like everything's going to pop like Facebook and all these companies. And they think, Oh, these are so overvalued. How can you value them? The profit doesn't make sense with the share price and um, all that and the revenue per share. 
but it's actually not based on that. It's based on the network effect and it's based on how many people are using it. And like with Apple, how many people are using the network, how many people have Apple phones that are always going to have Apple phones. And that sort of just continues to be something that will just increase in the future. Well, it's almost perpetual value. It's perpetual value. And there's only, there is only a hundred. Okay. Okay. There's only like probably 150 million Ethereum addresses in the world right now. So that's like a, a third of the country of the U.S. Explain to me again what Ethereum address is. An Ethereum address would be like if you download MetaMask and you get an Ethereum address, um, you I would be able to send you value if you copy and pasted that address and sent it to me in a text. I could send you ETH to that MetaMask address and uh, then the Ethereum would show up in your in your wallet. So every you know all the addresses are unique. It's sort of like a social security number, except it's like on it's a it's an address that's on the blockchain, and it's basically your digital identity. Oh. Um, and it's like, like your your digital barcode. Yeah, like you can you you in the future you'll be able to use it to sign in to different websites. That's and what we were talking about. Yeah, we were I talking about that before. Going, <laughs> That's such a that will be a revolutionary to, thing. I keep going back to that easy analogy of Ready Player One, where they yeah. literally like have their own symbols as their like that's your barcode as your own symbol. You yeah, know? and like you could literally yeah. See, this is what I was talking about, not in this conversation, but when we talked many months ago about this before is like you could literally have your symbol for all of your money and this is a realistic thing that happens already i'm guaranteed people have this out there already that they have a barcode or one of those i forget what they're called but like the the square like the one inch by one inch codes chip. no not a chip but it's like a, a graphic That'll they take you to a website or it'll take you to a, a the QR code, yeah. The QR code, that's what's yeah. Called. They literally have that tattooed on them. Oh uh, yeah. And then they can just scan. There that yeah. It's the same. Kind I of can concept. scan. There actually is that as well. So I can yeah. if you you will have a barcode with your MetaMask. Yeah. But you and get, you can but scan it. I can like, scan it and pay you. In the future, like be Venmo, yeah. This could be tattooed on you, and it, it could. could literally be your money. It could be your like you could walk up and yeah. order food and just scan like that. Yep. And then your money's right there. But that's uh, that's going into a, a crazy possibility. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. You know, I think that I the key that the key with this is uh, you know with the blockchain is that this is a again like. You know, we talked about this before, um, but that's why Ethereum has to win out over, you know, maybe something that would come out from my public company or a corporation or China is uh, because it's no one owns it. It's a public utility. It's credibly neutral. Um, it doesn't have a stance. It doesn't have a political stance. It doesn't have any type of bias 
it doesn't have a an opinion on anything it's just the rules play out and that's it the rules of the blockchain so in the future like countries will use the ethereum blockchain to settle um agreements and contracts like the paris accord or the paris agreement um and yeah treaty of versailles will be on ethereum and if one of the countries doesn't fulfill their end of the bargain maybe they put up a certain amount of bonds or whatever they put up as a collateral to that agreement uh would be liquidated um due to them not following through on the agreement and so that's you know, and there's no way around that. There's no war that happens or, you know, something breaks it's just, out. It's just you know, it's just transferred an, because it's within that network. It's the, you know, the contract was not met and then that's, that's it. It's, it's all in the code and the blockchain and the uh, smart contract agreement. And that's what Ethereum is. It's the first smart contract platform that's ever been created. Bitcoin was the first um, blockchain money that was created to transfer value from one person to another. And Ethereum is much, it's all, it, it also has that effect. It represents a complete, but it's also the smart contract um, aspect of it, where you can build lending and borrowing platform protocols. You can build decentralized autonomous organizations, which we haven't even talked about. So if, you know, there's actually organizations that are being formed as part of a DAO, um, which is again like this decentralized autonomous organization where like people are pulling together their capital because they don't have enough themselves. So if I pulled together every single friend that I have and we all have one ETH, we might have a hundred ETH to go and buy, you know a valuable digital asset that we want to invest in, but we could never invest in that ourselves. Um, but because it's a DAO, this isn't something where like, oh, we all send the money to one person and then they buy it. And then 10 years later, the guy ditches out and doesn't have the money. There's a, there's an agreement within the DAO that everyone signs. So everyone has a signature that they all have to sign the transaction at the same time or whatever before it actually goes through and everyone has their own access key, which is their address or MetaMask wallet where they're able to confirm a transaction uh, so that it goes through and it's, it's like an agreement. And so like, it's going to form these, all these organizations are going to form using Ethereum, um, and they're going to be bigger than corporations. I mean, it's going to be insane. There's already multiples of these that are collecting. Like, so it's just one of those things where, like, you can't ever, if as soon as you go into a contractual agreement, you can't ever fault on that contractual agreement and not fess up because you'll just it'll automatically you won't get it. It'll be just not right yours because it's not yours in the blockchain. You can't cash it out until it's yours. Yeah, I mean, I think that you would have to come to an agreement um, to liquidate, you know, whatever your asset would be or, or whatever at that time. Um, you know, so it will be interesting to see how that plays out with some of them in, in terms of that. But I think there will be many other um, use cases 
that come along uh, from that, you know, entire companies that are built on that concept. And the, you might not know anyone that is at the company. You just join it and the, the, there's a goal. You don't need to know anyone. You don't need to have any trust. That's what Ethereum is. The Ethereum is trust. It is guaranteed trust regardless of who it is. Because it is what it is. Because it is what it is. And it's, it, you are signing a transaction that is, you know, everyone knows what it is. Um, if it's not followed, there is a consequence and you know what that consequence would be. You know, maybe you lose your funds that you put in or whatever it might be. Or, um, so it's like an equal weighted game uh, for participants. And it's, it's designed to be indisputable. Yeah, it's indisputable. Um, it's yeah, it's it's a, and that's again, it's another thing like that Satoshi with you know Bitcoin, Bitcoin is is a marvel because it it is it did you know create this trust system. Um, that has never really been happened before. Um, and so. But I think Ethereum took that and ran with it in a bigger way. And I think Bitcoin in the future will be more like a piece of art. Um, it's the first blockchain. And because it's rare and because it's scarce, it will sort of act as the original NFT or the original digital piece of art. Uh, it's like an Andy Warhol sort of um, digital art because it's the first one. So if blockchain does take over, like many people think it will, um, you know, that will be, it will have its place. Uh, when it, you know, I think it will go up in value over time. Um, I think it would, it would probably top out at some point, but, um, Is that it represents a complete revolution. Yeah. It represents the, the greatest invention of all time. And it was invented <laughs> by someone who is anonymous which is the even adds to the lore of the story it's like it's, <laughs> it's not just like that it's actually kind of extremely different from that never mind i was going to talk about ready player one but it's it's not mm -hmm. that that one is yeah completely reliant on the uh the creator itself and the lore of it but yeah it's no, it's a I, story I behind it yeah, but I, I love that it is completely anonymous because it's it's yeah. just representation of what it is. It's right, exactly. And like I said, it is what it is. But it it's just it's a good representation of what it is in that it's best that it's anonymous because it is for everyone. It's not for a single person. No person right. needs to be credited for it because it's not for that person. It's for everyone. Yeah. It's for everyone and it's for fairness what it really is yeah exactly because there's you can't get cheated or swindled out of it if it's just it it's in the code and you know what it came out of it came out of the financial crisis it was created yeah. in the in 2009 it was right after the financial crisis and so it was the perfect answer and that's why people who discovered it who are macro investors realize this is the answer to our, all the issues that we have created ourselves through these investments and over leverage and things that were owed to people that weren't able to be paid back and things like that. Um, 
And so it was a revolution and it still is a revolution um, that has been playing out now for 12 years. And because Ethereum is only seven years old, um, it doesn't have as much um, value because, uh, you know, there hasn't been as much built up trust in the network. But, and it was created by a person, and the person is Vitalik uh, Buterin. And, um, but the thing is, if that person was gone and didn't exist, the Ethereum could still move on because. Another thing that people look at when they invest is where are all of the developers going? Where are the coders going? People like engineers who are coders. They're going to Ethereum. Um, Ethereum has the most development activity of any blockchain by far. And so the, the smartest people in the world, they're not going to the NSA or to, um, banks or to different organizations that uh, coders might go to um, a lot of them now are moving into the ethereum uh, ecosystem they might be creating their own projects uh, um, they might also be just developing ethereum itself um, and so there's a difference you know they might be creating projects like ave or um, sushi or Decentraland or different things like that, but they also could be working on Ethereum itself and Ethereum itself is a big task because Ethereum is going through a massive transition and this transition will move Ethereum from proof of work to proof of stake. And that will happen in June, 2022. And that um, transition will reduce the energy used by Ethereum by 99.9% uh, from, because right now they're using proof of work uh, like Bitcoin, but they will now use proof of stake. And so proof of stake will allow uh, you to earn 6% interest by staking. And so stakers will be validating transactions and they will get paid for their work, just like proof of work, but the, there's not the, uh, the mining that's involved in the energy usage that's bad for the environment. Um, so, you know, when you hear Bitcoin maximalists who say that, you know, these, the Ethereum is a shit coin or, you know, other things, don't listen to that. Um, don't get caught up in that. I mean, everyone goes through it, I think, in their experience. But um, <laughs> over time, I think everyone drifts towards Ethereum unless they're super closed minded and not able to adapt. Um and so again, I think I think Bitcoin, if if I'm right, has about 
100 developers. Ethereum has about 2,000 to 3,000 developers, which is, um, I think, 20 to 30 times as many developers as Bitcoin. Um, and a lot of people, like when they say, like, what do they invest in? They invest in where the talent is going. Um, so there's a lot of these uh, institutions who are coming in and they're actually skipping over Bitcoin and they're, they're going directly to ETH, um, which is a first. So it's still super early days. And um, again, Ethereum also is growing at almost double the rate of Bitcoin in terms of like active Ethereum addresses since inception um, and just people using the network. And so it will catch up in market cap eventually. And right now it's about half the size of Bitcoin. Um, it's about $500 billion market cap and Bitcoin is about 1.2 trillion or so. And so uh, Ethereum will flip Bitcoin inevitably in the future. Um, and so that's why I invest in Ethereum because I believe that it has a, you know, much greater upside.